With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. P-S-N-Y. Sunday night, November 15th, just a little past 7 o'clock, slate of NFL games on as we are currently recording this podcast. Rolling as always with my co-host Chip Murphy. Chip, what's going on man? How you doing? I'm good man, how are you? Doing very good, Uh, preparing for what we thought was maybe a shutdown of the New York City school, public public schools. Uh, Pump faked on that, so we're back to work tomorrow, we'll see how that goes. Um, but very pumped to be doing the pod, as always, with you. And as we inch closer and closer to the NBA draft, crazy amounts of information are coming out. We know that the trade moratorium is going to be lifted. Trades will be happening very soon. We're going to touch on that a little bit. To help us break everything down, um, Chip and I are both very excited to have on very talented writer, uh, draft expert, Chris Persianen. Chris, what's going on, my man? Well, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Way too kind, but what's up, guys? It's a pleasure, as always, to be on with you. Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm leaving here. I'm here at Fordham. I'm going to be leaving in about a week to go back home. I'm going to do uh, – everyone's doing the last couple weeks of the semester from home, finals and everything, and then we have winter break until February. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just wrapping up here. Uh, not, not, not up to much today. It's just been really – it was an NFL and laundry day today. That's, okay. that's about it. I remember. But yeah, those. thanks for having me on. Uh, it's, again, it's it's always great to be on. So, I mean, back in the uh, when I was when I was going to Binghamton, uh, I'm I'm sure you probably run into the same thing. But do people just throw the stuff on top if you wait too long to to come down mm-hmm. and get it, or is you you find some of it on the floor? or No, I've got timers, dude. Second, I hit that button. Siri knows what's up. 36 <laughs> minutes for the washing machine, 45 for the dryer. Dude, that I'm is, on uh, that. Well, you're, you're I am, way more I'm prepared than I was at the time. Um, I'm in that room the second the buzzer goes off. That's good. That is uh, that is definitely good. Um, so as we were saying I know, before. I know how it can get. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It can get that. <laughs> uh, as we were talking before, uh, tonight is a draft and just kind of NBA general topics um, discussion. Uh, we're going to try and talk about some some players who are a little polarizing, you know, um, players that some people are a little higher on or lower on for whatever reason. Um, so we'll touch on a couple of players, uh, different draft prospects, and then get into the NBA general topic stuff. I think, um, and we can start wherever you guys want, but I think maybe 
Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is one of the, the best places to start. Uh, all three of us are, are Knicks fans. This is somebody who's been rumored in connection with the Knicks uh, for quite some time. Uh, I don't think he has had a workout. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, but he has interviewed with the Knicks. Um, you know, depending on who you talk to, Halliburton can go anywhere from five to, you know, I've seen him as low as, uh, I don't think he makes it past 10, but I think the five to 10 range is a pretty solid um, range for Halliburton. Um, but, you know, Chris, why don't we start off with you? I, I know we've talked a little bit offline about Tyrese before. Um, what are your overall thoughts on him? From a Knicks perspective or a team blind? Uh, Chip, what do you think? You want to do both? Both, or, both, yeah, 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 both. All right, so I'll start. I'll start with team blind. Um, I think it with, with Hallie. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that you watch him do that you're just like, yeah, like I can see him doing that. You know, with NBA spacing, with NBA like you know NBA level talent uh, to pass to and and all that. Like it, the the term glue guy or connector gets thrown around a lot with him, and I think it's for good reason. You know, that's kind of the role I see him playing as a glue guy. Uh, he's a great passer, especially in, in the pick and roll, um, which is, you know, nothing short of useful in today's NBA. And when it comes to catch and shoot, his form is a little, I don't even know what adjective, let's go with wonky, but it, it works. So, I, you know, I can't, I'm not going to knock it until I see it not go in at the NBA level. Like it went in at the NCAA level. So why I can't, you know, it, it works. I'm not going to, I'm not going to knock it. Um, I just I think now to on the other end of things, when I think about him, I almost think uh, some of the concerns I have with him, I have with someone like Denny. Um, I imagine them in a half court offense. Like, what are they going to do? Put the ball in their hands. What are they going to do? Hallie, you know, like driving, finishing, uh, creating his own shot off the dribble. Uh. You know, like, I, it's, it's what are you going to do? Two minutes left in game seven. The ball gets passed right into Tyrese Halliburton's hands. What is he doing? Like, he's going to look left, look right. Like when, It's going to be like when Mitchell Robinson has the ball at the top of the key. Uh, he opened to the left. He opened to the I, I, All right, uh, Alfred, you take it. Like, it, I just don't see him. I don't see that impact. I don't see that the bite, like that the ferocity. I don't – I just see like a, a – good player who's out there like it's i'm not i'm not saying he's gonna be like early career tony snell just like doing cardio for 24 minutes a game out there like i'm I'm, you know like putting up like the the donuts that line every other night i'm just saying like i think at the eighth pick um now now to switch to kind of Knicks because that's how i think about everything like like macri says like he's insane for thinking about everything from a Knicks perspective i I regret to say that I think my brain might be wired similarly. I can't not think about things from a Knicks perspective. Like with the eighth pick, in a, in, with the other options on the board, I just think like, yeah, it's a safe bet. You know, we'll be able to do certain things. And I'm not. It's not like I have Halliburton like twenty on my draft board. I think the most recent. Hold on, give me a second here. I, he came out at thirteen. I'm um, uh, fourteen on my most recent. I'm gonna. I'm trying to put out a finalized one. So he came out at 14. I just think if you have a guy like uh, Kira or Kyra or Maxi, for example, 
those are two guys I, I definitely have over Halley. And it's not like it's they're, they're exceptional prospects. It's a weak class overall. You know, it's just I think Kyra, his speed, burst, the finishing you have to work on, but the shot looks to be there as well. Um, someone like Killian, I think I have him number two, so he's totally out of this conversation yeah, yeah. personally. But um, even someone like Riller, Hallie, Hallie and Riller, I just – if that's a that's a debate that honestly depends on what kind of roster you have to me like between those two guys um for some for someone like prez i love prez's draft takes that's an easy pick for riller for him right. he has riller like seventh on his board or something yeah, he he's super high. <laughs> um and for a lot of people <clears throat> that's just like hallie in in a millisecond so i to me it's a debate i to me it depends on on team needs, I'd probably go Halley if I were New York between those two. But I just think with, with Halliburton, he's not this sure bet to come in and be like anything close to the floor general that I feel like a lot of people are projecting him as like good passer doesn't equal tone setter on a basketball court. You know, like even someone like Killian who, mistakenly in my opinion gets labeled a project like i think killian can go out on a basketball court and like make plays like he can hit a sidestep three or whip a crazy pass like he, he can go do something he can go get something done he can be aggressive hallie i don't i'm just not as high on his uh i like the floor on 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 offense and on defense you know that uh, you can say about every for that my least favorite uh like negative for a lot of guys is that they have to gain weight. Every prospect has to put on, you know, some muscle. Hallie is one of those guys, but yeah. there's dozens of them every year. So it doesn't matter. I think in space he can be, he can be pretty good. Um, but I, I, you know, I just see a lot of big guards and small wings having a field day with him uh, in terms of getting by or, or finishing through or over. He just doesn't have, his IQ is great, but in terms of on, he just doesn't have like a real presence to me um, to speak emotionally about a prospect. Instead of, uh, I try to like take all the numbers and what they mean and try to like convey it how I feel, you know, like how how I feel about a guy. I just he doesn't he doesn't stand out to me at a number eight pick level. Sometimes you can't be analytical about a prospect or about a free agent. You just can't do it. Yeah. And it's like that with a lot of us. So every every once in a while, you pick a prospect where you're like completely irrational about that guy. Uh, Bobby C here at, at at Fordham. He's the the sports director at WFUV. I was texting with him about some prospects, and you know, Dayton plays Fordham, so he mm-hmm. has seen some of Mister Toppins. Uh, play and he is so in love <laughs> he's like i don't care about any of the concerns that's a that kid's a volley and uh you know like that it, if you saw him like you saw him play you know if that's if he's that if he was he's that like you know taken aback by his game i'm not gonna be like no you're wrong <laughs> you know like i can't who am i to say that if you really love a prospect that's your guy that's your guy you know especially if you're a gm if that's your guy you know, if it's LaMelo this year or someone, even though they're not a super standout prospect, like we're hearing the Spurs might have something crazy planned to move up and get a Wiseman or an Edwards 
I'm personally not that high on Wiseman, but if San Antonio is, and they're they're confident enough in him to move up, I say do it. Like like I don't I totally disagree with it. I disagree with it on so many levels. But if that's what they want to do, and they really are confident in him, interviewed him and worked him out, and then just go for him. Go for your guy. I, I'll always back that philosophy. Quarterbacks in the NFL draft, whatever. Yeah. you know what I mean. But if San Antonio is like willing to trade Lamarcus Aldridge to go up and get uh, Wiseman, doesn't that kind of change your opinion on James Wiseman a little bit? I think I don't know how I feel about Lamarcus Aldridge as an asset right now. Um, uh, he's still really good. He's I I loved him in Portland because that was like right when I started watching the freaking NBA that like he was awesome in Portland with Dave. So. Um, I loved him when I started watching basketball, but I I have Wiseman. Wiseman's uh, he's right under Hallie. He's at he's in like the 15, 16 wow. range on my board. I'm trying to finalize where that is. Um, who just did an awesome write up uh, was PD Webb. I I believe it was who put out a, a piece on Akungu Wiseman and Tillman. I, really I think great. I tweeted out that. Uh, I think I, I forget if I wrote it or tweeted it out that you turned me on to uh, Okongwu. That I totally I was on Wiseman just oh. because of how big he was, and now I'm like, oh Wiseman. I, Wiseman is yeah. He has a presence. That guy. Yeah, that guy huge. steps on a court, and he. The thing is, like, I, this is not my comparison. Just like Willie Cauley Stein steps on a court, and he's also like a very tall, muscular guy. Like Willie yeah. Cauley Stein can play, but I would not take yeah. him as like an overall pick. Uh-huh. Oh, Kung Wu, God, he just looks like... He's a baller. And I, like, in that piece that PD did, like, he explored that, like, a Kung Wu, you can actually uh, use the rare label of a real switch big on him. Like, he's, you can actually switch. It's awesome. He's so cool. I love watching <laughs> a Kung Wu tape. Uh, that's one of the guys who, when I was, was studying him for SI, I was just like, whoa. Um... I think, you know, the BAM thing gets thrown out a lot. Yeah. Uh, I know people, you know, if you're not too high on, if you think BAM had like an outlier development year, all right, like I'm not going to, I can't be like, it, it was a huge improvement. Um, I thought he, he should have won MIP this year just because of like what he was doing. And I, that, that was my, that was my pick. Um, but for, for a Kung Wu, you know, Mac, Macri told me once, Sorry, John. If you're listening to this, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw your opinion out into the public. I think he has to, other to, things going on to be shown. <laughs> um, he told me that it's cl- you don't see Bam's upside with OO, and like, all right, like especially if you're in on Bam, like after this year, you buy it as like a real step year for him. Uh, then okay, but I think a Kung Wu just ends up being like. Like he will, he will develop and he will go out there on the court, whether, you know, Boston moves up or Washington gets him, whoever takes him, like he's gonna grow up on the court to be like a legitimate defensive presence. And then like an actual skilled big who I believe will have some playmaking chops, not like, like insane, like initiating. I'm just talking like passing general, you know, out of the post, all that. If he's, some he's, team he's helps good. out Boston, by letting them trade up to get Okungwu, I would be so. Angry. I'll be sick. Like, <laughs> I'll be sick. I'll be sick. Ainge is. I feel like Ainge. I'm not. I'm not too high on Ainge, Mister 
four picks for Frank Kaminsky over there. So I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. And maybe now, maybe now they'll move up for Wiseman, picks. hopefully. And what was it was three picks to get he's offering three picks to get whose pick I saw the Kevin O'Connor thing where they was were offering hours? was it yeah, was it, it was three picks to get oh no the Hawks three picks to get the Hawks back. Oh for yeah, they tried it for yeah. six. Yeah. They did fourteen. Yeah. They were like, Hey, Trey Young wants to win now, so instead of picking at six, would you like three prospects from the yeah. back end of the first round of a week draft. <laughs> yeah, the, they're trying to get Drew Holiday with that pick. They don't want your three <laughs> first round picks. Jesus Christ. That's a good okay. that they have uh what is Kelsey has Patrick Williams there. I do want to talk to you about Patrick oh, Williams because I don't he is someone who if you if you go right now to either my draft board 1.0 or 2.0, you're gonna see like an embarrassingly low evaluation on Williams. Like I, really? I didn't, I, ch- you know, I'm like, I hate to pull this card, but I'm like 18 and I'm like, just for the first time starting to legitimately seriously scout an NBA draft. And every time I watch a prospect, I'm learning more things about how I should be watching a prop. You know what I mean? And Williams is one of those guys I scouted like super early on and thought I had like a decent enough knowledge base of and then like moved on i was like yeah fsu guy he's good he'll be you know you can develop him maybe if he's there at uh if he's there at 27 i'll take him and i didn't have him at 27 on 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 my board i had him higher than that but you know it was like that's what i was talking now we're talking about detroit promising him at seven like the fact that you know i just and i that that is where he is now on my board a little a little higher like way higher up because i just i rewatched tape um, and I saw just the defensive potential, like a whole new side of it that I just hadn't, you know, I didn't see it before. I just didn't, I wasn't, you know, I have something like what to look for in guys, what, you know, like lateral movement, this and that center of gravity, all like all this stuff. And, uh, I just rewatched a bunch of Pat tape and I was like, Oh crap. Yeah. I was so wrong. This kid's going to be good. Yeah. The, uh, the, the thing that's crazy about, um, Pat, and then I just want to go back to, um, Tyrese just for like a little bit uh, his ability to recover like I remember I saw one clip where he got he got beat somehow some way or he was literally like on the perimeter and then the closing speed that he, he somehow created to get a, a, a block from behind or, or maybe it was from the side I forget it was crazy you know so like there's just a lot of um, really impressive things that Williams does on a basketball court that you just like, you don't see. And it's just interesting too, cause like his usage isn't crazy high. And like you came off the bench, um, for most, if not, you know, maybe all of the season, I think. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to see him, but Chris going back to Halliburton, I, one of the things like I, and I think the more that I also learn about him, uh, because I think I was very high on him in the beginning I've cooled off a little bit just in terms of looking at shot creation, his lack of handle, uh, how much the shot will translate at the NBA level. But one of the things that I do think is impressive and I don't think gets talked about a lot is the fact that his statistical profile, given the team that he was on, I, I don't know, gets talked about a lot. Like I think he, he the st- the stats do, but like, the fact that I don't think that Iowa State team uh, was was super great, and no, every, they were not. and everyone always talks about too the fact that 
his teammates didn't finish a lot of the plays that he created. And Specifically, three pointers. He right. got a lot of he got his teammates a yeah. lot of three point looks that were not converted. Specifically, <clears throat> specifically, catch and shoot three point looks. Got so, his got his teammates a lot of those that just were not converted. That you know, hopefully, to be pro Hallie here, like gonna say, God, a twenty twenty Thibodeau offense like would make he'd hopefully be creating a lot of corner three looks uh, for guys like Frank or maybe Knox or even Randall if you stick him in the corner, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I Yeah, I could see that. I, everyone, I get that. If, everyone, if they trade for Russ, the whole team will be stuck in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, but that's I think, like kind of my point on, on Hallie. Like when people say they're low on him, and I definitely see the reasons why. And again, like overall, I've cooled off on him uh, um, more so now that we've gotten into like a lot more – uh, deep dives, but the thing that I think is like important to note is like when you do put better talent around him, um, I think his his ceiling is maybe a little bit higher than people are are willing to give him credit for. The other thing that I think is interesting with him too is uh, the fact that in terms of him being on a national scale, in the terms of him scratching his talent, like remember even Chip when we spoke with. Uh, Cole, the you know he he came on the scene late, and then when he was on that team USA team, they essentially said they're like we couldn't take him off the floor, you know. So like, and he's been getting good recently. So I think in terms of projecting him, um, in terms of you know what is he going to look like in five years, I agree with you, Chris. That like I we don't have he's not going to be the you know, shot creating guy that's going to beat you off the dribble franchise point guard. Um, but I, but I think it's safe to assume that, um, the strengths that he has are going to be there, but the weaknesses that he has, uh, with the exception of burst athletically and maybe finishing at the rim, some of the other weaknesses I think can be improved to the point where he's a, you know, uh, a safe bet to be a not just rotational but but starter in the NBA. So I think that's that's kind of what I I hope at least happens for him. Yeah, I get that, and I, I get like you know if you're envisioning a playoff team with Halliburton on it out there, like what kind of role is he playing? Um, that's kind of what I I like to do a little bit with every prospect, really. You know what? What are they doing for a good team? What are what? Are, and Halliburton can pass, and he can make the open looks. We know that. You know, so these these are th- these are skills that you can bank on. Hopefully, translating because this just it looks like from his college. You know, from from what there is to study on him, he's getting it done in those areas: catch and shoot threes, passing. Uh, like I said, pick and roll passing too. Just great stuff. Um, I feel like. I feel like when it comes to defending my lower board placement of him, it's more about like other guys um, than him. I, f- I feel like having him, you know, 14 or wherever comes off as a knock. I just like, I have a, I have Denny 12 on my latest board. I'm, I'm just, I'm not that I'm no, I'm, I'm not as in on him as I used to be. I'm not either. Uh, I've, I, I I've soured on him a bit. I don't. I don't like Denny at all. But I mean, I know that that that's you know sometimes sacrilege yeah. depending on like who you talk to. But like, I 
like there are people there is a there's a large camp of people who have denny number one why is chip, eggs, they exist chip they're chip, out there chip literally said it perfectly i forget whether it was like last podcast or a couple podcasts ago he said he's like extraordinarily average like and cool i mean i don't know it's just there's nothing i mean i i, I hate to do this but i did compare denny and hallie earlier so I'll, I'll do it again now like in robo again shout out robo we were just uh we were talking about him before yeah, just yeah. the best draft videos he he says all-star role player for out like that's uh, yeah it's yeah, not I mean, the it's not the same uh jack of all trades master of none label that a guy like denny has because you know Ali's like a good passer and uh he he you know he projects to be a good catch and, and shooter uh but that's the kind that's kind of what i was talking about like when when i'm talking about like what they do in a half court offense like they just they have passive roles to me right they definitely in transition need, denny's a beast he's they, so fast they definitely but, need somebody else on the team to highlight um i think someone like maxi needs a primary too though i don't think right. maxi can be your like point guard point guard i think you can play him at point guard if your primary is like a small forward you know right. what i mean because those positions, you know, point guard doesn't mean your primary initiator anymore. Uh, I, you know, I have a guy like Maxi over Hallie because I buy Maxi has the clutch gene, which is huge for me, and can't teach that. And I, I buy, uh, I buy his shot creation, I buy his shot, I buy, uh, I, I think his playmaking should get should should get there. You know, to be a to be a secondary. Worst case, tertiary or just a bench playmaker, right? But right, uh, I, you know, someone like Maxi, I, I have I have a bit over Hallie, um, just because I see him being able to get the ball and go do something, go it, go go create, go get a bucket, go, you know. It, it's interesting it's, because uh, um, it, I, I was just gonna say I, I had some notes here, and I know one of them. I, I don't know if it'll turn out to be true, but I think the Knicks will have a chance to take either Okoro or Halliburton, but not both. Um, because I think the Hawks would strongly consider taking one of those guys. I don't know who they would pick, but I, I, I love Halliburton's fit. Uh, and this is yeah. not my, I'll be honest, it's, this is not it's my... It's being talked about Halliburton and the Hawks is getting brought up a lot for yeah. a reason. It's a good fit. And I'll be honest, it's not my original idea. I remember I was listening to a podcast. I think it was uh, Jonathan Wasserman. He said this like months ago, like when we were in the heart of quarantine, that he thinks Halley's fit with Trey Young would be great. And it makes a lot of sense. So I think the Knicks would have a chance to pick one of, but not both. Um, I would still be taking Kyra Lewis Jr. Um Yes. Over over Okoro? Yeah, I would. I would. Uh, I like Kyra. I like Kyra more than Okoro. I do. But listen, man, and and Chip, um, you know, we talked to you know one of the the grad assistants over at Auburn, dude. If if you needed somebody to sell you on Okoro, I mean, he he did. I mean, I like Okoro is is clearly. I think. His finishing at the rim and his ability to get to the rim and his defense uh, is is pretty damn amazing. Um, I have I, I'm high on him. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of people are. I just like and and it's funny too because what I'm about to say in terms of why I would take Kyra 
for the Knicks, and if we're switching this to a Knicks perspective, like I just want I, – I just can't remember the last time the Knicks – and I didn't know much about Mitchell Robinson before the Knicks took him. But what I, I want someone who has a dynamic um, – physical talent characteristic like I want someone who has the amazing speed and RJ is really strong so I'm not saying that that's not but I want someone who has elite something right so I want Kyra because Coro is a Coro is a tank you're right you're right and I was just gonna get to that that's why I said that like I'm gonna use this as my Kyra um like argument but it can be easily switched for a coro as well like literally there was people who said um it might have been pd webb actually when the guys the strickland guys before they were strickland i think he said on that podcast he said people bounce off a of coro like no one like it's it's probably even difficult actual to like him up. smart smart-esque i hate to credit the celtics for anything but smart-esque build like out of <laughs> it's nuts he's so yeah, I, I can't. I, I don't have a. I don't have another word. It's just like tank, tank, tank. Like, yes, nuts. Yes, Chip. What do you? Think and about, that's part of the finishing too. No, it's true. It's true. Uh, Chip, what do you think about whether between Kyra or Coro or or any other uh, thoughts on Halley? No, I love Halliburton. I mean, he's my guy. I wish that he was a better fit on the Knicks, but I, I think you're you're right about the Hawks that he was probably the best fit there. I think if Phoenix holds on to the pick, that he would be a great fit in Phoenix too at 10. But, I mean, they might trade it for Chris Paul. I don't know. I still wouldn't be upset if they traded for Halliburton. You're talking about elite skills. Halliburton's one of the best shooters in the draft, in my opinion. So I, I just like – I like Halliburton. I understand why people are low on him based on what I've seen just based on watching his games and watching how many times he dribbles the ball off the court and then hands it off to another guard. I get that. So he's not going to, he's never going to break down a defense. He's never going to be that guy. But I also like that he's a reliable player. Like we were talking, uh, when we were talking about that with the Iowa state head coach, he also said, like you were alluding to earlier, he doesn't think that this is the player right now is not the player that Tyrese Halliburton is going to be for the rest of his career. I feel like that's what all the people who don't like him think that this is just the guy he is and he's done developing and he's never going to get any better. Like, I I don't agree with that. Like what's the evidence for that? So whatever. I know I'm not as smart as all the draft experts. So (laughs) whatever. I don't, I've never, I've never put a, um, some sort of massive like cap on Halley's ceiling. I just think like, realistically how high is the ceiling of someone we know has like an initiation initiate initiatory initiate issues <laughs> initiation issues yeah. initiation issues. i like that <laughs> um and, and and is a is a kind of tall guard which like you know has has a has a good I, I believe he'll he'll build up some muscle obviously as as every prospect will so <laughs> Um, it's now again, like I'm not, I've never said he stinks. I've never said, you know, anything. I just think at in the top 10 of the draft, you can get someone who ends up, even if, how about, how about this? How about, even if you get, I think in the top 10 of the draft this year, you can get someone who, even if they're worse at their role 
to a team than Halley will be at his role to a team ends up a better basketball player in the grand scheme of things. Because their role, like their role just might, even if they're like slightly worse at their specific role, if it's just that much more significant of a role to an offense or say someone like a Kung Wu with what he can do for a defense. Um, it's, it's like, I just, you know, there are the, to me, there are a bunch of other guys, not a bunch. I have Halliburton a couple spots, five spots out of the top 10. There are just enough guys that you could get in the top 10 that I think end up better that Halley just doesn't make it. Um, yeah. He started, I think the highest he ever was on my board was like eight. And he slowly trickled down as I'm watching more tape on guys like Bain, um, who I now have over him in perhaps a controversial move. <laughs> Bain over can Bain even dribble? I I, I haven't watched as much of, of him. I guess Does that's he- the thing. You don't. You, he's going around the court hitting threes. Uh, like the I think he's the best shooter in the draft. I'm I'm with Spencer on that one. Um, and, and then what he brings on, on defense, it's like, again, that role of his, this, that, this is the almost opposite scenario. Like he has a different role, but I think he's just going to be so freaking valuable as a like really good three and D wing. Like any, one of those, like any team, like 2019 trade interest guys at some point, uh, not because he's some superstar just because everyone knows what he can do and everyone wants someone who can do what he does on their team. Oh, I thought you were uh, talking about him as like a point guard prospect or something. Okay. No, no, no. You're just talking about him as a prospect. Okay. Big board. Yeah, just big. Just yeah, general. yeah, yeah. Okay. No. Um. Yeah, he's very impressive. Like, he's – I don't know if he's the best shooter in the draft, I guess. I like Tyrell Terry a lot. We had the – from Stanford on. He's – He is. He's, yeah. He's good. Yeah. Um. He's in my, he's, he's top 20, 20 or ah, 18. I have him 18 on my most recent. Yeah. Um, I like, yeah. yeah. I think the best shooters in the draft to me, Bane, Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe. Stand down there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, but the thing with Isaiah Joe and Bane that I think is, is definitely going to put them up there for a lot of people, the sample size too. You know, when you start. Oh my about, God, Joe's three PA. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's so laughable when you start getting into the you know thirty six, thirty seven percent on over three hundred attempts or four hundred attempts or whatever it is. Like that's where I think NBA teams are going to really be like, listen, like this is not just you know because that's and I know we'll talk about him probably a little bit too, but that's I think one of the knocks on Obi Toppin a little bit too um, is that I don't think people trust the shot as much what because you know when he misses it's usually pretty bad but I don't think his sample size overall is great Tyrell Terry you could kind of say the same thing because um I remember even when I when I did my my write-up for him I love Tyrell Terry I think I I want him to be great um and I think he's going to be really good depending on the situation that he's in but just when you look at Terry's numbers compared to other freshmen that came out in years past just just from a pure stats standpoint like he did he he didn't put up a ton of shots and didn't create a lot but that's also because Stanford was a very 
motion-based, and everyone shared the ball a lot. So it wasn't like it wasn't like Oklahoma with Trey Young when they were, literally gave Trey Young the ball every time down the court, and he either yeah. shot or created for somebody else. Like that wasn't how they did it. Um, Sanford was also probably you know a better team too, and like you know obviously a, a really good defensive team. But um, yeah, I mean those guys are those guys are interesting for sure. Terry KOC has an interesting take on Terry. He has him super high, yeah. um, but his reason, like what I took as his reason for having him super high, was more the floor than the ceiling. Because what he said was, if a bunch of stuff goes wrong, you have Seth Curry. And I was like, ah, maybe. Like, <laughs> all right. I, I I don't know how I feel about about that. But you know if the I just think Terry, like, I'm, I don't know how high I am on his playmaking chops. I know he's a good shooter. We know that. Yeah. I don't know if he's good at anything else at the NBA level. Like, to an extent where he's just like, you're like, yeah, I want this guy making more plays. I want this guy to have the ball. I want, maybe he does end up just becoming like an off ball shooter. But and and if if he's really six three like that, those measurements came in. Uh, <laughs> you know, his shot at that gets a little better. Um, but no, he's definitely an interesting interesting prospect, and that that height jump was certainly noticed uh, originally reported. You know, the whole time at six one, and now I think six three one seventy five was the yeah. the latest height height weight combo. So. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, his, the playmaking is the, the huge swing factor for me with him. I think, like, defense, you know. I feel like you know what you're getting on that end with him. Um, it's really like, can he – do you want him making decisions more often or not at all? I, and I'm, I don't know. Well, do you know what you're getting defensively from him? Because he played on a, a great defensive team. And, like, there were so many good defenders on that team. So I, I know he's a good defender, but what, what's it going to look like? You say he did come to the Knicks, and he wasn't playing with one of the best defensive guards in the country next year. Like, I don't, he is going to be playing with Frank Nielakina, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't think he's some super good. I don't think Terry's some super good defender. I think like even if he's six three, like the size, obviously, like like I've said with everyone else, he will bulk up. We know it. It's going to happen. Um, he will enter an NBA weight room multiple times over the course of the next few years, and he will lift weights in that room. And okay, so Tyrell Terry's going to bulk up, but Tyrese Halliburton isn't going to bulk up. I said Halliburton will bulk up. I said they're all going to bulk up. I said. So um, no, but Chris, to your point, to, to your point though, um, you know the turnovers were definitely up there uh, for Terry. You know, like his assist to turnover ratio is not good. I think, and Chip, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when we talked to the uh, assistant coach from Stanford, he actually said that they found ways to hide him uh, defensively. Yeah, he did. So, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think he's some great. I'm saying, when I said you know what you're getting defensively, it's because you know you're getting a small guard who, you know, he, he okay. tries. He had, he has, he, you know, the efforts there, we, we know the efforts there yeah. and we know he knows what he's doing very generally. 
You know, right. like he can if he's stunting or like he, he can do that stuff. He yeah. can do it. It's, he's capable. He can of tag. It. He can Does tag he mess the world up? Man, Yes, he messes you know, up. He helps off like his that. man. Uh, you know, maybe when he shouldn't a lot. His feet are fast. We know he can move. We know he's he's speedy, but we also know he's small and he's not strong. So like, like I think, you, I think knowing that he's gonna bulk up as all these prospects do is you know I say over and over again. Like I think you kind of know what someone of his size and projected strength will give you uh given that he has you know decent technique on everything messes up his fair share of times and is tiny um the effort's there it's not like he's giving up high iq player played on a good defensive team as we said but you know not not some not some difference maker not some disruptor not some star on that end uh in my opinion and then that's why to me it comes down to the playmaker for, for him so three point two assists to two point six turnovers is a concern. So in terms of that playmaking development, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, one of the things I definitely wanted to ask Chris. So I know that on your big board, I think Tyrese is. Would you say fourteen, fifteen? Yeah, my I have my latest one here in front of me. I, I haven't made it made it public i have halliburton 14 on this one he was 13 on my 2.0 so i have to ask because i'm so interested we we also we had a little obi top and combo the last time that you oh. and, and j mac were uh were on our podcast so how low do you have obi top okay so I, I was actually just talking to macri the other day about Toppin's placement on my board okay um, he was offended because I admittedly let 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 the the dark side of my like my hatred for the bad defense like like overshadow what he can definitely do on offense. So um, I watched some more film and I tried to watch it with like if he's playing in a scenario like more tailored for him. What will he like? Say he went to Dallas, like that's not going to happen. But like say they pulled some like. Holy crap! Like next to KP and then Luca making plays like that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, and he, like if you have Toppins, you're like Kleber. That that could be pretty interesting. Um, or I guess you make Porzingis the Kleber and Toppin the Porzingis. Uh, however, they're doing stuff down there. Um, but it's to me with Obi right now he's at thirteen. Which is a couple spots up from where he was the other day, and yeah, I don't. I have him right under Denny. Denny's at twelve, top in thirteen. I just don't. It's so hard. It's so hard. I just can't like went like what contending teams this year, now, next year project like what, which ones are featuring a power forward that is really really bad on defense. And I, I, I genuinely can't think of one. Like, I mean, like, I think that's I, maybe fair. I'm missing one. No, I think I think that's fair. Like, I'll say this to your point. Like, we've had uh, when Chip and I talk to writers, um, and we talk about different, uh, you know, defending on the court and what positions are most valuable when it comes to defending on the court. Like, everybody, everybody to a man will pretty much agree and say that. It's way worse to have a big that can't defend as opposed to a guard that can't defend or is not a great point of attack defender. So 
I mean, to yours and other people's who aren't as high on Toppin, like, I think that's a really valid point. Like, having a big that, you know, um, doesn't have, uh, you know, loose hips and, you know, can't maybe recover well um, or is just out of position or not, you know, understanding or not knowing what they're supposed to be doing on the court. Like, it's not, it's really, it is bad. You know, it's bad for your team. Um, I don't know, man. I just like, there's, there's a part of me that, and, and maybe also people want to say that because he's 22 and the range for him to get better at those skills that he doesn't have right now is not the, the leash, if you want to say is not as long. Um, so I get that. I just feel like, I guess it's funny. I, I've been high on Toppin from the beginning, and I still really like him a lot. I think he's top five talent, and I think he's going. I don't think he makes it past Cleveland. Um, but I do – I guess for me, I, cal- I felt kind of validated when I started to read, like, Sam Vecini uh, from The Athletic. And even when I heard after Sam Vecini, you know, he, he had uh, Toppin pretty high. I think he has him at three on his most recent big board. And then when I started to hear from, you know, just random Twitter um, news that, you know, a lot of GMs really like him and they, they, you know, they have him top five as well. I kind of felt like, yeah, like all of these teams that have these, you know, scouting departments and they, they're seeing the same things we are. and They're probably as concerned about his defense as we are, but they still have him really high. It obviously doesn't mean that they're infallible and that they can't be wrong, but um, I just feel like with his, his physical talents – it, it's just, it's hard for me to see a situation where he is just like really, really bad. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah, I don't think he ends up like some guy where you, you put him on the court, like fans are chanting for him to go in and you put him on and he plays himself off the court in like three possessions because he lets some bum score on him. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I also don't think he's going to stink. I just think that with him, I feel like, the upside, like, if you're like, oh, this draft is crap, let me just shoot for the crazy upside uh, with my pick because I might as well. Like, I don't know if you have to – I just – maybe it does, doesn't fit my philosophy, and that's why I'm not as high on him. But I, I just – I think there are guys that you could take instead of him that just, like, are worse on offense but way better enough awesome English on defense – to just like to end up being better basketball players, um, what like again like on a team like Dallas, like what Toppin can do in an offense like that would be bonkers, right? Like Golden State too, I mean, or or even if if Minnesota said screw it, we're not playing defense, and you had like Cat outside taking eight threes a game still, with you know Toppin doing his damage in the paint, um, Golden State for that you know with all the shooters they have, same thing. It, it can totally work. I'm just not sure. Say a team Golden State has him on their team, right? Like, what do they? I hate to be like this. What do they do in Game Seven? Like, it's the end of Game Seven. Like, what are you doing? Where is he? He's left bench. Like, what? What's going on? Like, I, I, it's tough for me. Like, I can't. Would you rather put a guy like Prime Frank Nilakina in at the end of Game Seven than Ovi Toppin because of what? Like, like I, I like. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answers to these questions. That's why I don't work in the NBA. Like somehow I knew it would come back to Frank Nielakina. I just like like what's the question? Like come on, like what? I like maybe I hope I sound like so stupid because either Ovi is some insane superstar or because Frank is some insane superstar. Um, <laughs> uh, one of those is more likely than the other, sadly. But um, I just think like the the floor shrinks and Ovi's not a suit like Ovi's a passable shooter. Like like you know like when Christian Wood like kind of stands out in the corner and like like spaces the floor in air quotes um, because you kind of have to like, you have to guard him out there, but you're not like actually that worried about Christian Wood right. who hits something like he, he makes like Julius Randall in new Orleans amount and percentage of threes, something yeah, like that. Talk so, about small sample size. We were talking about that before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, um, yeah, I don't, I, it's not, it's tough. Like when the floor shrinks in, in the playoffs and defense and like look at a guy like Lou Williams, right? Lou Williams is so gifted as a scorer. Like we know he can just go out there and put the ball in the bucket. But like when the Lakers play the Clippers and Lou Williams is out there, LeBron is switching defenders around until he has Lou Williams on him and then scoring on him every single there was a game where he'd like every single play in the last two minutes of the game for the Lakers on offense was a Lou Williams attack of some sort right they they know that that weakness is there and they're exploiting the hell out of it and they're scoring points out of it too so it's like I with, with and Lou Williams is a shooting guard or it's just you know I hate to say that like he's a he's a guard um yeah. Toppins you know, power forward or a big man like you said, hard to hide. It's tough for me to 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 take a even in a week draft to use a top pick on on someone who I'm not sure I can play at the end of a game. Like if it's you know if if you're talking about Toppin at the top of the draft, like if it's a Coro versus Toppin, like that would be like say you're getting Iguodala like play out of a high end uh, high high end outcome for Okoro. And a high-end outcome for Toppin gives you know, like the explosive offensive output you're expecting, and passable defense. Like, sure, like that's you'd prefer Toppin. Like, if the defense is fine, like you take that insane offensive, gifted offensive score. But if Toppin's like, yeah, you know, if the defense is bad, it's bad. And someone like Okoro, if you're arguing between those two at the top, it's easy for me to take the guy whose shot just needs to start falling for him to be like insane at a lot of stuff and i know that that's a huge if but like revamping your like to be 20 toppin's 22 right to be 22 and like bad at the things that he's bad at is concerning you know you can't just be like oh he's old and he's not gonna get better like depends on where that where he went to school what he was developed what was developed you know like what skills if there was a, a skill that he would never used in his four years at college then it wasn't going to develop like that could still develop in the nba even if he's a rookie at, at 23 right but with top and it's like the things that he's bad at on it's like the fact that his center of gravity is in his neck like i like to me like that stuff like you can't like Thibodeau can't yell that out of him. And, and that, that stuff is just like, it's tough for me to look past, you know, at the top of a draft, even yeah. if it's a week. That's fair. I mean, that, that's definitely fair. Um, 
it, like we've been saying, I think it's going to be really interesting to see where these guys get drafted, how they do. There's a million and one factors that play in. There's going to be so many shockers on yeah, draft night. I, uh, I'm so I'm like not ready, but I'm so ready. I know. I'm so, so ready. I'm so ready to be in complete disarray over everything going on. I'm 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 definitely ready for that as well. Um, Chip, what do you think? Do you think we shift over to uh, NBA now, or is there any other prospect that you want to touch on? I think we talked about everybody, right? Uh, unless Chris, you want to talk about anybody else? Any 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 prospect propaganda for me to, <laughs> to get on the airwaves? <laughs> um, uh, uh, just everybody, every listener, just take five seconds during or after the episode to just close your eyes and just imagine Killian Hayes wearing blue and orange, number three. Killian Hayes, New York Knicks. Killian, Killian yeah. Hayes, New York Knicks. Killian Hayes, New York just it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Detroit's taking Patrick. Detroit's taking. All right, all right. Killian's yeah. gonna be there at eight, please. Or best case scenario, Killian and a Kungu are there at eight, and we get Washington to be idiots and move up a spot. Give us like Troy Brown or something, and then we walk out with Kill. Oh my god! <laughs> like I'm having so much fun imagining what Brock Aller is gonna be up to on draft night. Thank yeah. You. I, I uh, listen, man. I would love signing players and trading them before the season starts, dude. <laughs> this is like the one time that I've seen like NBA, like the Knicks aren't getting screwed over by something. Like, oh, here we go. Like, <laughs> and we actually have someone employed who's like good at doing stuff related to that. That's nuts to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh like, shit, Malachi, Malachi. Sorry. Oh, Malachi. Oh, I love Jordan. him. Yeah. 20, 20, 21. 21. I'm 21. Like, okay. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, right I, after Josh Green. My only, I literally don't have anything bad to say about Malachi Flynn. The only thing that, that <laughs> the, the only thing that I can say that it just bums me out is that there's zero chance that he's there at 27. It's so funny because months ago hey. when I when I started when I started looking into him months ago, I was like, I was like, yo, he's gonna be there because all of the mock drafts had him like 30 or later. Maybe a couple yeah. had him in the high 20s, but you know now. Now he's not even going to be there at 27, so it's like, fuck. If you know? Miami promised him at 20, I would be 0% surprised. I think no, like I his cutting either. ability – think about Flynn cutting in like like getting past two from like, – getting passed two by Butler or Adebayo and, and finishing a nice quick layup. Just like, it, I, so, I so see it. I so see it. I don't know who they're looking at with that pick. I don't know who – you know are. I'm trying to think of like random prospects that they, you know, maybe maybe they're hoping Dez is there. I doubt Dez is yeah. there, but um, that's that's a team that that makes sense. Even like ah, I was thinking, you know, if we want him real bad, I know Walt Walt Perrin has some friends with the uh, has some friends within the organization picking 23rd if we if we found a way to move up, but uh, no clue. Maybe Ed Davis. Shout out Jeremy Cohen, mm-hmm. the, the the forever proponent of the Ed Davis salary dump. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm here for it, culture yeah. guy. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't trade. Him, I wouldn't trade that him. pick. Yeah, but no, I I would look into that if I was the Knicks. If I was Utah, I wouldn't trade my first round pick. Not with how uncertain things are with the organization. I mean, new owner Gobert's contract coming up. Their new owner looks like such a. Dweeb, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Qualtrics, Qualtrics yeah. founder. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't even look at him yet. Dude, get stops. Guy needs to. Guy needs to 
let me like fix his wardrobe. That yeah, dude. <laughs> there you go. That'd um, be something if they traded up. If like Utah traded up, and like try to get Donnie not to leave. Yeah, try to have a center. Now I got I'm just they like go crazy. Trade up for like Edwards. Go no, stupid. like just in like in case they want to let. I mean, are they really gonna max out Gobert? They're not actually gonna do that. There's especially with the Don shit. There's no way they don't try to flip him. Yeah, mind. like he's been there for so long. Like I know, like they like him and whatever. But there's if they can bait a a Boston or you know in, into overpaying. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, we're we're getting off we're getting off track again. We always, of course we always do this when, <laughs> when you, um, you're on. Robert Williams, Robert I'll, Williams, I'll, and I'll, whoever, and the prospects they take in this year's draft. I'll try. I'll try and reel us in here. So uh, the way I want to tee this up is so we we uh, before we got on this podcast today, a ton of NBA news came out, uh, specifically related to James Harden and, and what will happen with his future, and then the most interesting thing that came out that I saw Ian Begley tweet was that there were members of Harden's camp or, you know, people that know him, whether it was agent, reached out to members, individual members on the New York, uh, New York, the Brooklyn Nets to see what they would think about him, you know, being on the team. And then the most interesting thing I see is that, you know, most of the reports were positive, but not universally positive. So I guess the first thing I want to ask you guys is, um, it was Dinwiddie. <laughs> who do you yeah, think? Karis LeVert do you think wasn't doesn't... psyched about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. It was, it was it was Alan LeVert, Dinwiddie, and Musa. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, bunch um, of scrubs for what, James Harden. You, Can't believe my eyes. What do you oh, think? God. Uh, what do you think about the AOC that was thing? pushing the Netsaganda too? He was like, Brooklyn can offer whatever they want, whenever they, it sounded like a terrible like. Oh my hey, god. Like he, sold out, man. What the hell? <laughs> it's like Brooklyn can offer whatever they want, wherever they want, <laughs> to whoever they want, for whoever they want. They have all the picks, Seriously. all the prospects. Like it was it was like, dude, what the hell are you talking KOC about? KOC went full woge with that tweet. Like is he, that was like, shocking. What what team is he a fan of? Kelsey's a well. He grew up in Boston. I don't know if he's yeah. still. He's. A, I would yeah. think he's. I always thought he was a Celtics. I know, like yeah. you see guys like Woj always tweet their tidbits about the Celtics with some positive adjectives, and it's because Woj is a, is a. I believe Woj is a Celtics fan, and he probably gets those tidbits in exchange for some positive coverage. You know, what I mean? like well, stuff like that happens. Simmons, so Simmons, same thing. They say he's like tight with Ainge and people in the organization. Yeah, so yeah same yeah. thing. Yeah, but. The uh, the O'Connor thing move from Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, and uh, but Woj is always positive about the Nets, like most people in the media. Like he, the way he talks about Marks. So, but O'Connor is typically neutral about yeah. every team. So, and now he's talking like the rest of the national media talks about the Nets. It's pretty surprising. I've, you've never not surprising, I guess, but you've never seen that kind of tweeting from him. But that's God. I mean, how many teams could give a better offer than that? Yeah. Like than, than tw- yeah, yeah. Mitchell Robinson. I'd rather you'd rather have Mitchell Robinson on his rookie deal than Karis Levert at twenty six or twenty seven, oh, whatever he is. RJ, RJ, Mitch, and eight is like already yeah. 
Like, what the hell is going on, dude? Jalen Brown at Boston? Right. Jalen Brown, would I rather have Jalen Brown on his own than the entire Nets package? You have to consider it, at least. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, holy crap, dude, that offer sucks. And Ma- um, Macri bought into it. That sick fuck. He bought into it. He was he was all like, they might do it. It's I don't not buy it. Shut up. Hold the down. only reason they do it is if they're doing Harden a favor. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah. Tailman Fertitta doing a what? Or no if he just watched shots. Or if he just yeah, you might be right. He is a prick. But Tailman Fertitta. He may. He's cheap as hell. He may just want to get off the contract as quick as possible. Yeah, he'll take like. Mike Muscala and a bunch of first round picks to do that. Like, I don't like. First time Mike Muscala has ever been mentioned on this podcast, by the way. Yeah, it's gotta be the first. It's the Muscala reference. Listen, he can. Can he shoot it? Yeah, he can shoot. Is he. Where is he right now? He's gotta be in. Yeah, I have to. The the NBA. Is he really on a team? (laughs) Wasn't he on? Was he not on, on. OKC. Well, he was on Philly. Oh, yeah, he's on OKC. He's 29, Mike Muscala. Hmm. I feel like he's been in league forever. This is a Mike Muscala podcast now. It is. All I'm going to say. We're going to change the title. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. Um, We need to name this episode the Mike Muscala episode. Chip and I are seriously (laughs) going to consider changing the title of this podcast after we we stop recording. (laughs) Uh, no, but seriously, the Nets can get the hell out of here with that bullshit. I'm so I'm so done with reading about that. I've seen like four total tweets about it. I'm sick of them. Uh, You've only I seen four. There's a there's like the, the responses. I'm not counting responses. Yeah, like, responses. I try not to it. I try I try not to look at that story. And as uh, you know, probably the the second biggest thing, um, or maybe the first, depending on what. Uh, you think is that Russ wants out of Houston? That's kind of old news by now. But the list there was of, a trade today. Of, yes, you're it. right. Oh my God, that is true. But the list of suitors for Russ uh, is not super big. I've I've seen Charlotte rumored. I think Detroit, the Knicks as well. Um, what do you guys There's think no about that? I agree. I don't think. Listen, I don't think uh, the Knicks are going to do it too. The 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 tweet that. Or I forgot Kyrie, who Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, uh, Anthony Davis, even at AD. Oh, was he serious? Maybe. Who knows? I don't think so. Um, the the throw the throw the Knicks on your short list to get a better offer from another team move is indeed one of the DeAndre oldest Jordan team. pulled it too. Remember he current. met he actually met with Phil Jackson. He went that far. That's true. Oh, I forgot Sicko. a chip. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's 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 in the current book. What is one of the oldest tricks? Um, and it works every damn time. And 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 who it really works for? Uh, are are the people tweeting about it? Those those quote tweets run up real quick. They do. The aggregators. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, oh God, it gets so bad. The Hoop Central guy. I don't know who runs that account, but Jesus, it's every. Five seconds, he has something new. Yeah. Muted in 2018. I <laughs> maybe maybe 17. It was two or three years. One of the two. I can't do it. Can't deal with that stuff. It's too much. But, yeah, Harden, I don't – Simmons and stuff. 
Um, God, even MPJ something and do you you don't Harris, they, they'd have to throw Harris in there. MPJ Harris and stuff. Yeah, and MPJ Harris Bowl and stuff. Like like, there's a lot of there's a lot of better offers out there than uh, an injury prone, unfortunately, Karis Levert. Um, <clears throat> crypto crypto buddy over there Spencer and uh, Jared and Allen Jared Allen I, I think Jared Allen's good I don't think he's anything close to the I mean if the first best piece is Ben Simmons then yeah he could be the third best piece in a, in a hard trade but um, not unless it's a player of that caliber like I don't I'm just not I don't see that at yeah. all any part of that I don't know what that's all about I don't know trading how that's up. even yeah you're trading and how is KD yeah K, K, KD really just like wants to win rings he really just doesn't like 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 think about everything he went through there was some report about him like crying to his agent about like why'd you let me ruin my career and join a ring chasing like like with this and this and this like like she's like shut the hell up now you're gonna trade for James Hart like what What's going on? Like, what? Chris, what do you it's think? So, what do you think is the percentage chance that Harden actually does get dealt? Who the Nets are in general? In general, four. Okay. Chip, what about four you? Four times out of a hundred, he gets traded. Seriously, four percent? That's it? I think. I think you got to go a little higher than that. But I'm not. I'm not going high. You really not... think they blow it? Like, like this season's gonna start like soon. It's like in like a month. There's no way they say like screw it. We're moving. I don't see Fertitta like they just traded Paul for Westbrook. There's no way they trade Westbrook and then are like, I mean, OKC did it. Uh, that's so. I just but Presti's a smart guy. I don't see. The Rockets being turn Westbrook and Paul George into Chris Paul and an actual like yacht ton of <laughs> first round picks yeah. like it's it's insane. I don't think the Rockets are going to do it. I can't. See, It'd I be different if it was the Rockets trying to trade James Harden, but James Harden is trying to get himself off the Rockets. Is what it looks like. Right. Yeah. He's. It's a player driven trade. Yeah, and eventually those always seem to happen. They win. The player yeah. wins in that situation. Yeah. That's if why the I, question was, what's the chance the Rockets deal Harden before the season starts? My answer remains four. That's that's what I answered. Oh, yeah, you could be right. About oh, that. I, I'm. I, yeah, I agree with that. If it's like by trade deadline, uh, oh. <laughs> That's that a, gets interesting. You're right. If, that, if you're that saying what's the chance little... the Rockets deal Harden by the trade deadline? I'll go 18, 20. If you're See, saying I, my yeah. next off season, I'll I was going to say 20. I was going to say 20. I was good. I was going to say trade deadline. I was going to say 50, 50. Wow. Next off season. season. Yeah. That's Cause it's going to be a shit show. Yeah. This season. It They're going to be bad. They're not going to be very good. And new coach pissed off Russ. If he's still there and pissed off PJ Tucker. They're, I don't think they're going to be very good, and that means he's going to have even more reason to ask for a trade. It's going to be like Dwight and Orlando. Yeah. We talked, I mean, Chip, we talked about this with uh, Danny and uh, months ago. 
yeah. months ago we talked about a, a potential Harden move. What? Where? I said, I, I said Miami back then. Yeah, I think you did. Strip clubs. Yeah, you were half joking <laughs> about the strip clubs. Yeah. Joking is a good way of putting yeah, it. Like, yeah. like, yeah, I was joking. Like, I brought up the strip clubs jokingly, and then I was like, "Ah, what? no, I agreed with like, you." Wait a minute. Yeah, I thought it would be <laughs> like, like, something. Like, it makes sense if he wants to win and he's serious about it and he's okay not being fat. And like, he's not okay not being fat. So, but that's the not gonna happen. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Although, remember that um, you win some, you lose some. Remember yeah. that picture that we saw pre-bubble. Where he was like working out um, in LA or something like that. He was like he was like super skinny, or at least looked really thin before he got in the bubble. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then he, the bubble came and the clutch came, and he just like deferred and like the, a lot. Like like what the hell happened? I'm, right. So weird. I don't know. I like Harden like a lot. I think he's real, real, real good. I just he totally crumbled like a cookie in the playoffs. I yeah. Think. I don't know if it was LA's defense or whatever else, but I can't. No, I can't. Just I don't. I don't know Maybe what happened. I don't know what happened. Like, but it'd be knows? perfect in Brooklyn because he wouldn't have to be the guy in the playoffs. It's true. You know, with Durant there and Kyrie, but it would be like God. These guys what? have like weird, weird obsession with that title run with the Thunder. Yeah, Harden trying to recreate it with Russ. And now the Can other one. Can you ones. blame them? Can you blame them, though? They're one of the best teams ever to not win a title. Can't really blame them. Guys, we're getting a flood of tweets in right now from Shams Charania. Uh, Nicholas Batum will exercise his player option. Oh. And we also got Evan Fournier. Fournier. There we go. Sign and trade. As well. Yeah, all right. Makes Look it at interesting that. for sure. Um, I, I wanted to, before we, uh, wrap up, I want to talk a little bit about the trade between Oklahoma and LA, mm-hmm. uh, the Thunder getting, what did they get? The 28th pick? 28 and green for Schroeder. It's assumed according to some people, allegedly that Danny Green will not be starting the season in OKC. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I did see that. They're trying too. to bring in a third team for the deal, right? So because but what up, Leon thing, Rose? doesn't OKC <laughs> doesn't OKC now have the twenty fifth and twenty eighth pick in uh in the draft? I think. I think so. So that's the only reason I bring that up is because well I guess it wouldn't change too much because they had the twenty fifth first or maybe it does. Aiden McDaniel's watch yeah, for that. I've seen watch for watch for one of those picks to go on. Him. I just I just I think the reason it it I just hope it doesn't affect the Knicks too much because. If one of the guards of Riller, Malachi Flynn, I don't think Tyrell Terry will be there, but if he is, damn, that would be pretty awesome. I just hope that OKC doesn't take the guy that we would want to take in that situation. OKC is going to take Malachi Flynn. I would absolutely bet on that. But Jaden McDaniels looks like he belongs on the Thunder. Yeah, so that, that's long, what I'm definitely yeah. Or <laughs> maybe now that Weaver Weaver's in Detroit, right? So maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe Detroit. Yeah, and we have Zanin, both of them, but one of oh, them yeah. is from OKC. Yeah, yeah. People, people use that as a. a I mean, that's not going to affect draft, draft philosophy much because of Parrot. That that might be our Chris Paul analysis mm. 
an, an analyst, sorry, though. Uh, who knows? Yeah. We'll, we'll see what, what New York does at point guard. Yeah, that, that's a whole other conundrum. But, but between OKC and, and LA, LA got a point guard today. Um, you know, I guess yeah, they think man. they think Rondo's gone. And they, they got, I don't think Schroeder's good. I think OKC Chris Paul, sold high. Very think, high. Yeah, Another think, win for Presti. Well, Presti dealt a first to get Schroeder. To, to, it was like Carmelo and a future yeah. first. And then they waited, rehabilitated his value as an asset, and got a first back. And then whatever they turned Danny Green into. Right? Instead yeah. of just waving. No, instead of waving. True. I think uh, it was smart of them to trade Melo and not just cut him. Yeah. yeah. So I think the. They took the, a different approach than the Rockets. For some reason, they bizarrely just cut him. But yeah, yeah they yeah, uh, I mean, the, 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 they gave up a first. Now they get one back. Uh, the difference between them and the Rockets, though, even if the net gain for both teams is zero first rounders, is that the Thunder got a damn good year out of Schroeder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, this last year, even if I believe that it was Chris Paul who had a insanely large role in Schroeder's uh, impressive play. Uh, it was impressive play nonetheless. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. But, and he's also going to play with LeBron. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. He I'm, may just, he may have a good year again because of that. I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's that good. I just think he's going to go from playing with Chris Paul to LeBron James. And that is going to go how you think it might. He shot, I think Kirk Goldsberry tweeted, he shot 41%. On catch and shoot threes this year, yeah, I'm not sure if that's sustainable, but yeah, we'll see. Because he's going to be open a lot again. Yeah, well, I mean, is is the thing? Is, does this mean they're out on DeRozan now? Was like, was DeRozan? I saw the, that. Yeah, because if if this is who they want for to run the non-LeBron minutes, like Rondo was, isn't that what DeRozan was for? Well, I mean. I don't think it necessarily puts them out of that, right? Because they can trade. I'm trying to think of oh, because Green would have been going in the DeRozan trade. You mean right? Probably. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Avoid, I don't know. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, what do you think? Uh, we have any more uh, NBA topics before we wrap wrap up? Mm, just Isaiah Stewart. I wanted to ask Chris about oh. Isaiah Stewart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just yeah. We were just linked to him, and I do like him. So I mean, he was a huge uh, uh, prospect, uh, prospect out of high school. He was a big time prospect. Do you? It's to me. It's like, what is he going to be doing for us? I don't like the sh- the shot matters a little bit. Uh, my, th- my thoughts on him are super scattered. If you can't tell, like I, I watched his uh, film breakdown, the one he did with with Schmitz. Um, that was great, and it, it gave me some insight. You know, those videos give you insight into not only who these guys are as players, but as as like learners almost too, right? Like you watch these guys get criticized live, and you can see how they react and how they take to it. Um, with Stewart, I, I liked his I liked his breakdown. Um, I haven't done too much of of a film dive, but I've seen I've you know I, I've seen more than just 
two couple minutes of highlights. And and yeah. from what I've seen, I think you know, in the NBA, like you can get it, it might take some Kenny Payne extra love, or it might take some, you know, whatever. But I think I think yeah, I'm not I'm not a, I'm not against getting decent play out of him. My concern is that he ends up like the equivalent of like running center cardio, like just getting boards and passing out and then dunking if he's open or doing nothing if he's not, and then going on defense. And like, like, yeah, you know, I like the, the never ending cycle of center nothingness, like, like those kind of guys. That's my fear. I see. I feel like he's too active though, to be doing nothing. Yeah. yeah no, I, I agree with that. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's, he's everywhere, but I don't, I don't know. Like, but, it's it's tough. I don't I don't know if I see him being a, like someone like a, a precious. That's like a, a similar ish mold of guy. Say but precious over him, I wouldn't do that. Just but I'm already I'm like we were talking about irrational prospects earlier. Like yeah, 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 yeah. my guy. <laughs> All right, so I so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't fight you on it. But for me with Stewart, it's like. I'd, my fear is like the is that he ends up just being like an active body, like just like a, a phys, an active, nonetheless not in you know obviously, but but just a physical presence. Um, I, w- I was really surprised. I remember I forget who it was, but I was really surprised. And I don't know if the Pac-12 had like a down year or whatever, but there was um, I forget where I read it or maybe I watched it, um, and and I think. I forget who it was, right? But there was somebody that was asking a coach or something like that, like, who's the best player you played against all year? And I was really, like I said, I was really surprised when they said it was Isaiah Stewart. But the thing, Chris, I I, I like, I guess I'm kind of in the middle of chipping you. Like, I think, I think from a skill, skill set standpoint, there's a lot left to be desired in terms of like what he can do on a basketball court. But I just where the Knicks could potentially take him, whether it's at twenty seven or thirty eight, depending on who's on the board. I don't, and especially if he felt if he felt a thirty eight, and like we we got him at thirty eight. Like a, an interesting conversation would be like who you would take him or Xavier Tillman, who's like a really good passing. Oh, big. give me give me Tillman. The I, I yeah. see. I actually, yeah. so I agree with you. I would take Tillman too, but the. But the thing with Isaiah Stewart, though, is like I'm not worried. If you're taking him in the second round, I'm not worried really about um, – because I like his floor. Like he will have an impact on a basketball team. Like he's definitely going – just because of his motor alone, I think think he's going to have a pretty positive impact. But, yeah, if you want him to do things offensively, um, that's going to be tough. But What do you think about his defense – in space, like in, no, nah, that's that for me is like yeah. the, no, you're, the you're, huge, you're right. you're eh, right. the huge like it's it's the massive, like ugly sweater of the outfit that I just like the shoes are awesome and the the pants are stylish but like I yeah. can't ignore the freaking ugly Christmas sweater like it's there it's there yeah. they're wearing it it's it's <laughs> you know like yeah. a strange a strange analogy but you know what I'm saying like, like I do. I feel like he he ends up just looking silly sometimes, like with some with some of the guards that are going to be coming at him in the NBA. Uh, That's true. We're talking about guys like Kyra and, and 
even someone I brought up like in Lou Will. I see players like that going at him. Yeah. You know, uh, field so I don't, it's t- it's super tough. Um, I I think draft. I'll I'll put it like this. I think like national draft coverage media tends to overrate physical tools, and I think draft Twitter tends to actually underrate the importance uh, of physical tools and underrate how much they might help in development with yeah, certain guys. So I like that's really fair. With, a, with a prospect like Stewart, like <laughs> you, you kind of look, you just look at him and you're like, that's wow. He looks tough. Like yeah. that, that, is, that is a, that is a presence. Like he, that is a center. Right. You know what I mean? There, there's, he's six, nine and there's no conversation about, Oh, should he like, no, that is a set. He's built. Um, I'm probably I'll admit to like probably underrating him a bit because of my tendency to underrate physical tools, uh, just as like a draft Twitter general thing. Like guys like Wiseman Toppin, you know, like you just see a, a divide. So yeah, it's I, I think you can get a, a good player out of me. I think that yeah I I you know I would like to I'd be interested to see where he goes for sure. Um. All right, guys. I think uh, you know we're we're getting probably at around the hour twenty mark here. Um, but listen, man, uh, Chris, awesome having you on. Uh, thank you for taking some time out. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna do this again. If not, you know, very soon, then definitely when the season starts up. When uh, Obi Toppin and Tyrese Halliburton are dueling it out in the end of year rookie of the year <laughs> standings, yeah, that would be something. That would be. Something. And I am crying in a corner <laughs> because <laughs> the Knicks have neither of them, and we ended up with like Maxi, who's who I want, and uh, he stinks. Um, <laughs> then we can revisit all of this. Um, but yeah, no, for sure, it's always awesome to be on on the show with you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on uh you said hour 20 mark i was like what like, I, I have no concept of time i'm on pause i just love talking about sports so like i i, I could not even imagine how much time it passed uh 20 minutes sure two hours i guess sure like I, you got you could have sold me on any amount of time um but yeah just thanks again for having me on it's always a pleasure uh great talk i'm excited to see how the draft goes oh yeah um, to see what what, what Mr. Rose and company pull off. I want them to be up to no good <laughs> getting involved in deals that they should have no part in because they squeezed an extra second rounder and weird young prospect out of it. Like I'm here for it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Let's do it. Let's get crazy. Uh, let's take that cap space and not use Wanna 40%. Get nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts, dude. Let's not attribute 40% of our cap space over the next three years to a 32, 33, and 34-year-old Russell Westbrook. Let's, uh, let's, let's maybe not trade for Chris Paul. Like, I think if they do a lot of in-division play, then just trade for him. Screw it. Um, if, we have, if we have the best package and it's not a lot, screw it. Do it because we're going to lose a lot anyway in the Atlantic division, especially if the Nets get freaking good lord. But um, can't even say it. But that aside – Again, just thanks again for having me on. I love rambling. Um, it's been a pleasure. And uh, Killian Hayes, that's it. <laughs> Listen, uh, I think uh, you want to get nuts. Let's get nuts. Is that's going to be one of, uh, along with the Mike Muscala 
podcast is going to be one of the the headlines for when I send this podcast in to be edited in for in the description. <laughs> uh, but there's been no shortage of uh, of, of solid one liners and and Chris, like I said, thank you again, and we really hope that you get back to writing because uh, we definitely missed that. I know we were talking a little bit before we got online here, but uh, we'll, we'll be on the lookout. For your stuff, I appreciate it. I um, will be. There's, there's been no hints of this anywhere, but I can, I can tease that I'll be, a, not, not in written word, but I'll be probably on your computer screen at some point in the right. near future. Nice. We are. We'll be. We'll, we'll see. Be we'll looking, see how that goes. We'll be looking forward to that for sure. Um, and as we close out, as always, we want everybody staying safe out there, and we will talk to you guys soon.